Well, hello and welcome to Spotty, streaming to you live from Melbourne town here at the Ticket News studio in Glamorous Brisbane and hoping you all had a restful and peaceful Easter period. But now that the holidays are over, it's time for some of us, or at least those still not on leave, to shine the spotlight on shares and answer your questions live on air. So how do you do that? Well, it's easy. Dexter's uh, nice, uh, fresh and relaxed, uh, and we'll take your text message 0480 079 089, or you can email us, question at spotty com.au. You will see those details appear at the bottom of the screen as you're currently seeing now. But of course, as I like to remind everyone, if you put it into your smartphone, then it makes it much easier to, you know, you have that uh, scratch that needs itching or itching that needs scratch. But when you uh, have your question, yes, it was a big weekend for me. I hosted a whole lot of family members at Casa D'Amato and I assure you I am still recovering. Uh, but let's bring in today's chief spotters, starting with the global uh, CEO of a massive research house, it's our great man, Kunal Sawney from Kalkine. G'day, Kunal. How are you going? Elio, thank you very much uh, for inviting me. And uh, yes, I hope you had a very good long weekend and wishing the same to all our viewers as well, that all of them had a, a very good long weekend. And as you can see behind me, the city is still empty. Sydney CPD <laughs> is still empty. So a lot of people are still enjoying the long, long, long weekend, I should say. <laughs> No, very true. And maybe they're um, still partying at the Hunter Valley where you uh, came from, of course, and that's why you've got that big smile on your face. But let's get to business, uh, Kunal, because, of course, markets don't sleep except for public holidays, mm -hmm. so they're open today. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and then, more importantly, the great business that you've built there at Calcine and your broad reach because, of course, um, uh, you uh, do extend beyond the ASX. That's correct. So Elio, um, Calkine was started eight years back by myself. Today, uh, we are uh, all over the world. Uh, by all over the world, I mean we have five countries that we are uh, currently servicing. So we are in Australia, we are in New Zealand, we are in the UK, and we are in Canada. And this month, we have launched in the US. So our US launch has begun. And uh, the next step for us is to be launching our services in Europe as well. And and we plan to keep on going and uh, keep on covering um, the financial markets all over the world. You can visit us at calkine.com. And if you want with the Australian site, it's calkine.com.au. Now, interesting, I noticed on uh, calkine.com.au, a little bit of change since I'd last visited. You now have a uh, Calkine light available. Do you want to tell uh, the viewers about that? Yeah, absolutely, Elio. So Calkine Light is designed for uh, investors who are just beginning in the financial markets and uh, they don't want to spend uh, too many dollars on research. So hence, we launch something uh, for about 20 bucks a month. They can uh, join us and start getting the reports. And we have had a tremendous uh, response to that. And a lot of our uh, uh, members have come via Facebook, come via Google and joining us. So, so that has been uh, very good for us and we are able to service these clients in the best possible fashion and that's the strong point of our business. So calkine.com.au, you'll notice that in the top right hand corner a little orange button that says special and then you just uh, follow the bouncing ball if you're interested to learn more about what it is that uh, Kunal does and how he helps clients every single day. Well, next is little old me. He has been once a top-performing fund manager, known for his fundamental analysis, uh, but I'm also good with a pencil and ruler too. Um, so I'll be looking after the technical analysis side of today's discussion. And yes, I do now incorporate it um, within my own personal um, investing approach. So, uh, and I've educated on it 
um, over the eons as well. So I enjoy uh, doing that. Currently, as we go to air, Kunal, the market's having an incredibly strong run. The All Ordinaries up 0.94%. The XJO up 0.84%. So the uh, Easter break hasn't halted the recent momentum. We've now well and truly cracked above the 7,000 for the All Lords. Uh, the XJO still has another 114 points to go. But let's discuss uh, today's main market news. And I want to start with some uh, M&A activity or corporate uh, corporate action activity. Uh, Cleanway <coughs> Waste Management. Uh, they've jumped in for the battle of the purchase of Suez R&R. Now, R&R is uh, not rest and relaxation. It's recycle and recovery. Um, that, that, that Australian business in particular, for some $2.5 billion. Now, they were looking at a bid for the parent company, Suez SA, uh, but that is currently in takeover talks with uh, Vialia Environment, another major uh, global waste management firm. So the deal could scuttle, but those that they might not get their hands on um, the Australian business because it, what happens with that major turn, uh, takeover of the parent business is really what's important there. However, they have struck an agreement where if the deal does fall through, that Suez Australia will sell two landfills and five transfer stations in Sydney to clean away for a price of 500 and $1 million. Now, Kunal, waste management, obviously, I know we're moving to a greener future. We're trying to remove all the uh, waste that's out there. But, you know, one man's tra trash is another man's treasure and clean away has obviously benefited from that. Uh, this continues their expansion. Do you have a view in regards to CWI? And what did you make of today's developments? Sure. So Cleanway Waste Management, the code is CWY on the ASX. I think they're doing pretty well today. They're up about 10% right. um, at the market open. And um, they are Australia's biggest waste management company. They announced that they have signed an agreement with Swiss to buy the Australian business uh, for about 2.52 billion, which generates about 1.42 billion in annual revenue. So very strong revenue um, that Swiss uh, has been posting. Uh, however, the hurdles uh, for the deal remain is that the Paris based, so they are a French company, Swiss, is involved in a takeover tussle with domestic rival Veolia. Um, market players need to be cautious here because French waste and water management firm may terminate the acquisition by May 6th in case it reaches a deal in principle for a takeover of the firm by Veolia. So Veolia is also after them. Swiss in February rejected 11.3 billion euro um, takeover bid by Veolia and since then the two companies are struggling to agree how to carve up Swiss business and have clashed in the court over it as well. So there have been some legal hurdles as well. So overall, um, it's a very complex situation right now, uh, but uh, Cleanway has obviously jumped in and looking for the Australian side of the business. Yeah, well, that's, uh, as uh, Kunal mentioned, had a strong price reaction today. One that's gone the opposite way is Intertech Pivot, who once again has been forced to delay the recommencement of operations at Wagaman, uh, its ammonia plant. Now, the company had previously advised that the plant would recommence operations in mid-March following a planned turnaround. However, that has now been delayed until mid-April as further repairs are carried out. Now, the delay is expected to reduce 2021 full-year earnings to the value of some 36 
million dollars. I hold IPL on the back of this. If it closes at this level, currently trading at $2.67, I will be stopped out. Uh, a little bit disappointing, unfortunately. It uh, has gone up actually from when it initially announced the close of uh, uh, Wagaman way back when, um, but still nonetheless um, a disappointing reaction today. It'll be interesting to see how it goes in afternoon trade. It is off its lows though. Lows are $2.52 today, currently sitting at $2.68. But Kunal, I want your view in regards to a big uh, announcement today in regards to the Reserve Bank who will be meeting to discuss interest rates. Uh, not that much is actually expected from the release at 2.30, but there's going to be a lot taken from the... Well, so, so yeah, so currently it looks there are a few challenges there. Yeah, once valued for its strength, but then as the banking sector proved, you know, sometimes it can be a drag, but it'll be interesting. Look, Teresa, as I've mentioned, we have spoken about this before. I'll let you know a little secret. I've been struggling to convince one of my clients that AGL has been bad news for quite a while. And always they came back to me saying it'll get better. You know, they, you know we need power. They're, they're not going to disappear, et cetera, et cetera. Well, the latest rendition is really the last chance saloon being the splitting of the business. Um, you know, it, it's interesting when you look at it, right? I mean, because all the reasons that Kunal uh, actually mentioned um, are correct, but then that's also a potential risk as well. But Primeco is very much focused on trying to build this renewable energy base that now is freed up of the whole litigious environment of the retail side, which notwithstanding it's being the profitable side, is also the most competitive, the toughest to operate in. And now, um, you know, really puts them out there free market, freewheeling to see how they go. It's almost like stripping out the infrastructure uh, from Telstra and thinking that Telstra could then do it and say, well, we know what happened um, there. Uh, the bad news is it's come back. So look, the reality is the split, in my view, does create a flaw. Now, basically, if it breaks $9.38, I've got to be honest with you, it's definitely bets off the table. Now, I know you've already taken quite a bit of a hit in regards to that. So to be honest with you, it's not much more than what you've already done. But you know what? You could let it breathe. It could re-rate on this news, okay? Uh, you know, it will be interesting to see what comes through. They've been such a big whack already. It's a little bit tough. I wish I could be confident enough to suggest that, you know, you, this could be a topping up um, perspective. Um, you know, it's uh, really hard uh, initially to say that. I would wait for some news from the business in regards to the split before necessarily getting too eager to drop any more coin in it, given the amount that it has fallen to date. If it can prove that it can execute this strategy, then maybe that'll give you the confidence to then top up, uh, which you know you may very well need to relative to the prices of when you get in. Uh, but it is a delicate situation you're ma managing now, and that $9.38 is a pretty key level looking at them today, $9.67 down another half a percent. It looks like the market needs some convincing there. A uh, bit of time before the bus pulls out. Uh, Elio, I, I just yes. want to add uh, one uh, one positive here. Yeah. Um, it's it's a long term plan, uh, but I just want to add one thing. Yes. Is you know currently the adoption of um, EVs or electric mm. vehicles is quite low in Australia. Um, in some of the countries, it's 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 pretty you know heavy. So that could be a turning point, but that is going to take some time because yeah. some of the numbers that I have gone through is they say that if uh, um, you know, 10%, 20% of Australians start using EVs, it's going to put a huge pressure and demand on the electricity infrastructure. And that could be a huge positive for AGL. So 
so what I'm trying to say is uh, the change can happen for AGL and it can be a positive one, but I think that's going to take some time. Yeah, and, and that's why, yeah, the guidance from the company will be key there. Another uh, stock, yes. Kunal, that um, Joseph has asked about, another long-suffering shareholder, but not in AGL this time. The code is MYX. So for those playing along at home who don't know that, it's Main Pharma. Just to reiterate Joseph's question, saying that basically last week the stock jumped uh, as it's waiting for FDA approval on its contraceptive drug. Um, and, you know, he believes that, by the way, the share price has moved. It looks like that it could be some positive developments in and around that. And could this be the catalyst for a turnaround story? Before I ask you about the business, Kunal, just in regards to price, mm -hmm. yes, you have been a long-suffering shareholder, Joseph, unfortunately. If you're interested, I actually bought into the stock on the 16th of March on the at 35 cents as a short-term trade. Now, I would have been wrong, so my stop was set at 32.5 cents, but fortunately it stayed above that. Now at 42.5 cents, uh, it looks like I was right. So why did I get in at that time? Well, the price got above the 200-day moving average uh, for the first time in like a year, and that average line had flattened out for the first time in a year. Prior to that, it had been going southeast. Uh, the RSI moved above 50, and a big hello to Gary Burton if you're watching. The MACD was growing and expanding, um, and it had been bollocked, you know, really, um, and it had some good news on the horizon. So there was enough that tilted the risk to the positive side in my view. But it is a short-term trade. My stop has now been moved up to 40 cents, and it will trail this for as long as it goes up. I'm not stupid because any bad result will smash this back to 35 cents. We know that. It's the nature of playing in biotechs and, and this sort of field. So you've got to remember that when you're looking at a chart, even for a venerable business like an MYX. Currently looking now, the price is flat at 42.5 cents. Uh, just need to uh, watch and see where that goes on those shorter runs. You will be wanting to see some consolidation um, prior to saying that that trend reversal has occurred. Otherwise, it could easily pull back. Although we have seen a higher high, which is a positive, but you know anything can happen in the market and we just got to trade to the way the price moves. But Kunal, um, Joseph opened up by saying it had been a tough stock for a long time for investors. Why don't you tell us a little bit about this business and what catalyst is really needed to support that price move? Because it was 20% actually rise on the Thursday. Um, what's mm -hmm. it going to need to support that and hopefully change its trajectory? Okay, so so let's talk about um, let's talk about Main Pharma. Um, so they are a specialty pharmaceutical company, Main Pharma, MYX is their code. Um, they are an experienced player with a good global reach. So the positive is they have a good global reach. Uh, in 20 were a mixed bag for instance while revenues were down international sales grew with commencement of marketing of four products um, what needs to be watched um, in mix is their ability prudently controlling investment in substantial uh, sustainable areas besides that if the company can increase the capacity and capability of its global contract service platforms it could be a good prospect uh, from a long-term perspective however movements in the US dollar um, the timing of the FDA approvals competitor launches and withdrawals um, on key products uh, need to be vigilantly looked at. And I think um, 
um, from memory, uh, I read about their loss. I think they suffered a 181 million loss yeah. um, during the first half of 2021. So, so as I said, it's a mixed bag. There are positives and there are negatives. Um, and obviously, they have done um, the last six months or the first half of 2000. Um, 21 financial year has been very challenging period for Maine Pharma um, as the company, um, you know, they had a few, um, uh, the losses that came through um, to an increasingly competitive generics market, mm. tougher COVID-19 operating conditions and a weakening US dollar. So they have a few challenges in front of them. Um, but as Elio said, you know, maybe in the short term they can do well, but they have a few challenges in front of them. Yeah, that's right. That's why I'm uh, still in only for that uh, short term view. Uh, just remember, if you've got a question, question at spotty.com.au or Texas 04. 8007989. And if you can't watch the show live, you can always um, send your questions in uh, earlier before the show. We're happy to answer them um, uh, in lieu of that. Uh, go to the website spotty.com.au to see all past replays of the show as well. Remember, you can search for your company of interest by typing in that corner in the top right hand corner and you'll see which episode it appears in, and it appears in order of what the company is listed as well. And yes, we are available on all the social media channels. Just follow me on Twitter or on LinkedIn and Facebook. Go to the uh, Spotty sites. Happy to have you come aboard the journey. And yes, you can listen to us on podcasts as well. Uh, Kunal, the market's still currently holding its own. Uh, the XJO up 0.85%. The All Ordinaries 0.96% uh, or 95 actually at the moment. So we're holding up our end of the bargain, which is great. Um, let's talk about another stock. One of the hot sectors um, has been hydrogen. Uh, William has asked about a, a stock in particular. The code is GLV, which is Global Oil and Gas. And he's saying uh -huh. that he's noted for some time that a few of these specky oilers have gone on quite a run. He likes the chart. He's seen a big spike in volume. But he'd be interested in regards to knowing, you know, what that fundamental outlook is for that business and whether um, there's a little bit more to the story. He has said, though, that the price has lagged a lot of what a lot, a lot of those other junior explorers have done. And he's just uh, trying to scratch his head wondering why that might be the case. Okay, um, so let's talk about GLV. Okay, uh, talking about the trend, the stock is, um, you know, consistently moving in an uptrend since the beginning of this year, delivered a 190% year-to-date return, um, and um, their 20-day average is acting as a good support level, and, um, and every dip has been bought near the 20-day average so far. Coming to the volume, there has been a considerable increase in the volume, uh, which has supported uh, this rally, which can also be seen um, through the rising OBV till mid-Feb. Um, and although um, we would have uh, preferred a rising OBV curve here to support the uptrend after mid-February, but the current scenario is uh, still better than a falling OBV. If, um, if price continues to go up, um, uh, what we can see is that um, the trend is, I think they have been as high as four cents. So that is something the trend is helping them um, right now. Now, in terms of some fundamentals, I quickly want to mention this. They have 
received uh, a, a sacred site clearance for tenement in the Georgina Basin in the Northern Territory, allowing for hydrogen and helium exploration to go ahead. Uh, field activities and geochemical surveys have been planned around sacred sites. And while the work program is primarily focused on identifying active helium system. The company says that the geology indicates it should also look for rare earth gases of helium and hydrogen. Yeah. And um, yeah, so the stock has been to a higher four cents from a big macro picture. I just want to say that a lot of uh, car companies besides working on electric vehicles, I think Toyota is the one which is also working on some hydrogen vehicles as well. Yes. So that could be a boon for the business as well. I think from what I read uh, in Victoria, they have uh, they have launched about 80 vehicles, hydrogen-based vehicles in Victoria. So I think um, that could be a positive for uh, GLV. Um, so yeah, so I think they have done well this year, and if things work out for them, you know, they can they can do decently well. All right. Well, just quickly, will I own GLV? The first thing you'll notice the pop and drop that uh, you know occurred in early Feb. Well. Such patterns, really, they need time to wash through the system, and GLV has really uh, gone by the playbook. In fact, price has held its own. And if you squint, you can see that uh, the 200-day moving average line is just starting to rise as well. So as you correctly assert, it's hugged the seven-day average closely too, which is also a positive sign. Uh, and it's look, it's got a solid-looking weekly chart. Change that to a weekly view, and it's pulling itself out of what was a pretty prolonged downtrend. The only downside here is that there's been a bit of selling pressure as the price gets back to a level not seen since 2019. That's going to be a natural resistance level. Um, so where to from here? Well, obviously, um, you know, anything really can happen as it can with these small guys. Interesting to note, though, that Twiggy Forest has come out and said that Australia needs to have a green hydrogen future, as Kunal has just vindicated as well. Nuff said, um, not surprising, though, that he also has an interest in a vehicle, which also has an interest in another vehicle, who is a co-partner in regards to GLV. Just thought I'd drop that in as well. You did mention one other stock, which has had an interesting day, unfortunately, today, and that was 88E, which is 88 Energy. Um, look, you know, uh, <laughs> and the question also in regards to Paul, who's asked about it. Drilling results from their Peregrine project in Alaska have come out. And really, the crux of it is they said operational issues uh, prevented it from obtaining hydrocarbon cycles from basically two of its main prospective zones. So the share price has been savage today, just having a look here, down 67%. It's really difficult to manage these from a technical analysis perspective because they're boom and bust type stocks, right? Liquidity had ticked up, uh, but they've just disappointed. That's the fact of investing life that you have to deal with, I'm afraid, Paul. Lesson one is if you weren't holding the stock before it had that spike, you just can't chase. You, you know, if you don't hold it, don't chase it. You've got to wait for a period of consolidation, even if it's at higher levels than where it's at today. Lesson two is if you held it on the run-up, then you must, you've got to take windfall profits, okay? You've got to take at least, at least you've got to, you know, take, you know, you've got to carry free risk carry trade, as they say, which is basically taking off what your initial investment was. You've got to play with other people's money when you see these extraordinary rises. You can't be greedy, okay? Um, that's just it. And lesson three, if you're bought in early, but you still believe in the business, that hasn't changed on the back of this result, perhaps, 
then you know what? Don't sell. I know that's hard, but if you bought in for a belief and it's still intact, then you maintain the faith. But you've got to really test that with some scrutiny. And hopefully there might even be a lesson in part two of what I mentioned about protecting yourself because you could still top up and go in more if you wanted to if you had protected your initial capital investment as well. It's a tough game, I know. Quickly, uh, Kunal, Stephen has asked for a fundamental view um, on the, the short-term prospects in regards to Adairs. The code is ADH uh, for those playing along at home. Um, his assumption is that the current red-hot housing market will help them continue with their strong sales momentum. So what's your view in regards to ADH, Kunal? Okay, let's talk about ADH. So they are a home furnishing and home decoration retail company. Um, it is limited code ADH. They have seen a decent share price growth uh, so far in 2021 with a surge of over 12%. Uh, despite uh, 43 greater Melbourne stores being closed for almost half this period in first half financial year 21 due to COVID-19 related uh, restrictions. Uh, Adairs recorded a surge of about 35% in group sales. Australia's red hot property market is further expected to give um, a leg up to sales of home furnishing retailers like Adairs over the coming months. This is because resurgent high housing cycle is likely to generate solid growth in building and renovation activity as the economy recovers from COVID-19. Um, Adair's continued investment in digital initiatives may also drive its business further, which is already harnessing the benefit of robust e-commerce growth via uptick in online sales. And I do want to mention this um, from what we can see right now as, as due to COVID-19, companies like Nick Scarly, companies like Harvey Norman have done really well. So it could be some very good positive time for Adairs as well. So these companies, consumer discretionary companies, especially in the furnishing and the, and the, uh, and the home decoration sector have been doing really well. Okay then, well, it's time to see the light now. We're basically at the end of each episode. We ask our guests for two stocks of interest that we all listen attentively to, then toddle off and do our own research and see whether the company aligns with our own investment objectives and tolerance to risk. Now I'm going to start off, Kunal will finish it off behind me. My two stocks, well, I want to start with a company called Image Resources. The code is IMA. Now, Craig, this is a special shout out to you because I know you asked about Astron a few times uh, recently. Um, if you want to play the Zircon game, then here is one to consider. Image Resources is a relatively new producer of Zircon mineral sands. Uh, it's done so for the last two years. And unlike Astron, uh, located in the Wimmera here in Victoria, Image is based out of WA. And their projects are Boonanarring. Uh, Boonanarring Buna is uh, one of their projects. The other one is Atlas, uh, which are both highly prospective too. Um, Boonanarring uh, North actually had some pleasing uh, further scope studies just done recently, and Hi um, Hyperion as well as Helene uh, for Atlas will be coming in the not too distant future too. So they're profitable, they're growing profits, return on equity sits at 26%, the dividend yield is close to 10%, and they trade over $150,000 a day. Now, yes, the cycle is working in their favor but I like the potential of further resource upside. So IMA is a stock to look at there. Another one, uh, not for you, Craig, necessarily, but for everyone. And yeah, feel free to play in IMA if you want, folks. GNC, Graincorp. 
I suppose I better talk about the chart, given that's my role here today. Uh, look, we know what they do. They've dodged a bullet with regards to the recent floods because now is actually when the seeds are sowed for grain, not one month ago. Thank heavens for that. They also recently announced that they will be improving pork capacity and yields in order to generate more earnings returns. So from a chart perspective, since the March lows, there's been a steady staircase rise. It's been a very stable textbook rise up. Now, if you look at that weekly chart, especially, you'll see there's been not much to get all that excited about, just going about its business, doing the right thing. There is good money flow coming into this business as well, and all trend indicators are positive. Um, and the positive news flow behind them further adds to that. So yes, it's true, would have been better buying at $5, but if you put in a stop loss at $4.89, even if you wanted to give it a bit of breathing room, $4.59, you'll be fine. But really, this is a textbook chart line going in the right direction. So IMA and GNC for me. Kunal, what are your two stocks? Okay, here we go. So the first one is Megaport. The code is MP1. They're engaged in the provision of internet and uh, interconnection services. Um, the company is at a comfortable financial position with a cash balance of 145 million as of 31st December 2020. Um, as per ASX, uh, the stock of MP1 is trading below its average 52 weeks levels mm -hmm. um, of about $9.36. Um, uh, and also, we believe there is an expected upside in valuation, current trading levels. There is a decent increase in top line, rise in customers, growth in number of ports. Investors may uh, put the stock under their radar. However, one needs to to be cautious of the fact that the company is exposed to the risk of breach in information security that can cause damage to its brand reputation and may lead to clients' loss. Uh, moreover, it operates in a sector where there is a possibility of business disruption and hence has to keep itself updated to the latest technological trends. Mm -hmm. So Megaport MP1 is the first one. And the second one is in the healthcare sector called Resap Health. The code is RAP, ASX code is RAP. It is engaged in the development and commercialization of its ResApp technology for providing healthcare solutions for respiratory disease. As per a recent update, the company has secured a one-year licensing agreement with AstraZeneca uh, to license its cuff counting technology for application in a program to support asthma patients. The company has secured TGA clearance for its variable watch on 25th of March 2021 and is well positioned to sell the product in Australia. Considering the current trading levels, valuation, um, TGA clearance, licensing agreement with AstraZeneca, and the key risks associated with the business, RAP is an interesting stock to evaluate from an investment standpoint. So the two are MP1, Megapod, and the second one is Resap uh, RAP. And a brief update on Orbital Corporation, OEC, who I shone the light on last Wednesday. It's currently up over 25% since the close of that day. You're welcome. Well, that's all we have time for, folks. So on behalf of all of you, I want to thank Kunal Sawney from Calkind for his amazing contribution today and for his assistance in answering your questions. Thank you very much, Kunal. Thank you, Elio. Have a very good one. And thank you very much for inviting me. No, you're welcome. Remember, calkine.com.au is the website, and they've just launched the Calkine Light product. You'll see it in the bright orange button in the top right-hand corner. 
If you're interested, perhaps go and have a look yourself. Now, for tomorrow's show, the start of April means the quarterlies for March are over. And who better than our resident dust-filled Petri dish, Tony Lacantro from Alto Capital, who will join me to run the rule over the latest quarterlies. So if you've got a question uh, or you've got your preferred pre-revenue business that you want us to shine the light on, um, or even the ones making money, to be honest with you, we'll answer all questions you might have on stocks. Just send it to question at spotty.com.au or text us 0480 079 089. Always tough after a long weekend to get talent, but we have a few spaces in our regular schedule for some new talent to come on board. So if there's a favorite broker you like to use or an analyst that you follow, then let me know. But here's the thing. If they're popular commentators, chances are they've already said no. So I'm looking for brilliant new talent. That's your challenge, folks. Until tomorrow, I'm Elio D'Amato. You've been watching Spotty, and together we've been shining the spotlight on shares, and I've had enough of chocolate. Stream Ticker News Live on the Ticker app, on your social